please be seated. Well, I told you we had a backup plan uh, if Peter was not able to make it in time for the sermon. And the backup plan is that Neil Mahalan is going to preach for us today. So. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so I had a colleague at CDSP many years ago, uh, Charles Taylor, who used to say, you know, I preached on pretty much every set of lessons there is in the lectionary, so if need be, I could preach just at the drop of a hat. And I said, Charles, I'm sure you're right, and I'm sure I could do the same thing. <laughs> And now I understand how uh, untrue that perhaps is. Uh, but I'm going to try anyway. Because we've got some great lessons today. It's all about surprise. It's all about when God is in charge, prepared to be surprised. Nothing that you have prepared for, nothing that you, the kind of standards that you usually use for assessment, uh, the kind of planning that you do goes out the window. That's not the way it works. In the first reading from 1 Samuel, we see Saul is messing up, right? The, the king is, we just heard last week that the Israelites wanted a king so bad. So Samuel, obeying God's message, said, okay, I'll give you a king. Well, already a week later, it was a little longer in their time, but for us a week later, things have gone bad, and now their needs, Saul is going to need to be replaced. So Samuel goes, is told by God to go and anoint the new king, um, and he's going to be one of Jesse's sons. So you know the story. One by one, all of the brothers come forward and Samuel is very impressed and says, that must be the one, that must be the one. And every time God says, no, not that one. Until they're all out of brothers except for David who's out taking care of the sheep. No one even thought to invite him to the lineup because they thought it was so unlikely that he would be the one chosen. And yet God said, that's the one. In 2 Corinthians, we have Paul explaining, well, defending himself against the charge that he is not very much of an apostle. The people in Corinth were converted by Paul. They were the one, they had received his preaching, they had responded to it. He was the one who really got their church started. And now they're hearing from other communities that are saying, you know, our apostle was a lot more impressive than yours. <laughs> He's not really that good of a preacher. He certainly doesn't look like much. Um, and he's not even here much of the time. So, I mean, really, are you claiming to, that you're a real church when your apostle is as kind of paltry as uh, St. Paul? So he's defending himself and saying, we're not commending ourselves to you again, as though he never does that, right? <laughs> but giving you an opportunity to boast about us. Let me tell you what you can boast about when other people are putting down your church because your apostle is not as good as the other apostles. 
Here's what you can boast about so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. He says, for if we're beside ourselves, if we're crazy, if we're out of our minds as, they're, as they are accusing him of being, it is for God. And if we're in our right mind occasionally, it's for you. He's saying, don't look at the outward appearance. Because when God is in charge, things are different and are measured by a different standard. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. Remember, he was crucified. You don't think Paul is very much of an apostle. What kind of Messiah is Jesus? He got crucified, and yet that is his glory. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything has passed away. See, everything has become new. And then in the gospel, we have great stories about seeds. Seeds, little teeny seeds that don't look like much. And then what happens? Surprise. A little bit at a time? No. All, of it, all at once, unexpectedly. You have the seed, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head, and then you can reap the harvest. It's not because the farmer had carefully plotted this out. You just throw out the seed and see what happens and prepare to be surprised. Even the mustard seed, the very smallest seed of all, it puts forth branches and the birds can build their nests there. Jesus told them many things in parables, including these parables of the seed. But we've heard them so many times, it may help for us to hear them in a different way. So here are then some modern day parables about the reign of God. A teacher lectures day after day to a class of ninth graders about the works of Shakespeare. She praises the master's ingenious expression, his intricate rhyme schemes, and his ironic tone. And day after day, the members of the class stare out the window, or they sleep with their heads on their desks, or they pass notes back and forth to each other. And in desperation, the teacher, teacher begins to wonder if she's chosen the wrong profession. Finally, she decides at the end of this year, I'm going to get another job. But the next day, one girl stops beside the teacher's desk on her way out of the classroom. She's one of those students who always sit on the back row, gazing out the window. The teacher wonders what she could possibly have to say to her. But the little girl doesn't say anything at all. She simply hands the teacher a scrap of paper and turns around to leave. And in disbelief, the teacher reads a sonnet in this Shakespearean pattern, written in the girl's own hand. She wrote it herself while she was staring out the window. And it bears the dedication to my teacher. Again, there's a crowd at the art museum being led through the halls by the tour guide. Most of the museum visitors give each painting a look of two or three seconds and then move on. But when they come to a Van Gogh with its broad strokes and swirling waves of color, there's one old woman who lingers, who stares transfixed for a minute, and then sits on a nearby bench 
as the tears streamed down her face. And yet again, there's a group of parishioners in a church somewhere who meet each evening, one evening each month to write letters on behalf of political prisoners all around the world. The weeks and the months go by and they seldom hear any news of those for whom they write. They never get a reply, but they keep on writing. Some of those prisoners die in captivity. Others are tortured. But a few are released with no explanation from the authorities. And the parishioners wonder if perhaps their letters made a difference. If we have ears, let us hear. In education or art or politics or anything involved with the reign of God, how do we measure success? How many lectures, how many museum tours, how many letters of protest, how many bushels of seed does it take? Are they cost effective? Does it matter? Not if we listen to these stories that we heard today. Don't judge by the outward appearance. Don't judge by how much effort you have to put into the work that you're doing. Don't judge by the likelihood of success. Judge only by the new creation. Has something happened good? It was a surprise. It's God's doing, not ours. Trust in God. Scatter the seed. Pray. Trust. Scatter. Repeat. Thank you.